Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Hello, this is Michael Adams from Love and About the Truth. It's February 12th, 2015. Uh, we have uh, Tom Fress with us today. We're going to be doing a study on Isaiah 14. Um, and uh, York Glissman is with us as well. Uh, once again, York has his uh, talk, uh, YouTube channel called Juggler 66, and uh, then Tom has his uh, website and show uh, uh, Inquisition update. Uh, before we get started, though, we're going to read some of the headlines. Headline number three, San, uh, San Francisco Archbishop's Imposition of Morality Clause at Schools Outrages Many. This is Los Angeles Times. Handbook has triggered protests by students, parents, and progressive Catholics who decry the language is uh, divisive. And I believe this has something to do with the fact that they... Uh, it has something to do about them teaching about sodomy and homosexuality in the class, uh, which is kind of ironic because... <clears throat> the amount of sodomites that are actually in the priests. <laughs> there are priests and bishops and cardinals and etc. So uh, contradictions all around when it comes to this church. Uh, the next one um, is uh, Article 4, Associated Press, Pope urges cooperation on Vatican reform from cardinals. Vatican City AP, Pope Francis urged his cardinals Thursday to cooperate in reforming the outdated and dysfunctional Vatican bureaucracy, saying that, or saying the overhaul will help him govern the Catholic Church better, etc. Okay, um, let's see. That looks like about maybe Article 11. Couples who choose not to have children are selfish, Pope says. And NPR.org, uh, Francis spoke of a greedy generation that is opting not to procreate. And read more about that if you want. Uh, more articles about the Philippines. So we should be hearing quite more about them, thanks to the Pope's been there. Let's see what else we got there. Uh, looks like another article here. Pope tells Vatican administration to be absolutely transparent by Philip Paulella, uh, Vatican City Reuters, Pope Francis, starting two dates of closed-door meetings uh, in, with the world's Roman Catholic cardinals. And anyways, there's several more articles, but I think we'll leave it at that. My point, once again, folks, to bring this out is, why is this one particular organization <clears throat> dominating the headlines and Yahoo.com, at least, and uh, several other out, outlets out there in the, the media, and uh, we should ask, why is that? So with that, I would like to introduce uh, Tom Fress. Tom, how are you doing? 
doing fine, a little congestion, but I'll wrestle through it. Good. <laughs> and, uh, Yurk, how are you doing? I'm great. No problems at all. I'm just anxious to start uh, this uh, reading of Isaiah 14 because I haven't studied it that much myself. So I'm very interested in what Tom has to say about this because it seems to be a very important uh, chapter of the Bible. Like all chapters, of course, are important, but <laughs> we've chosen this, I think, because of um, the verse uh, 13 where it starts. Um, you made the uh, remark some broadcast to go, and uh, I want to see where it takes us. So, should be very startling for many folks who hear this for the first time. <laughs> it's going to be good stuff. So, okay, Tom, I've, I'll hand it over to you, my friend. I'll let you take take charge here. Okay, I want to begin uh, with the very first verse in chapter Isaiah uh, in, in chapter fourteen of Isaiah, and uh, we want to recall how. The, uh, the Jews, the house of Judah, remembering that Israel had long since rebelled against the Lord and fallen into apostasy and were taken captive as slaves by Assyria. And so the northern part of Israel at that time was uh, vacated by the Israelites. And only Judah uh, remained in the land. And the land in the northern part had been then occupied by Babylonians. And uh, we would go to Second Kings to refer to what happened there. It's an amazing story, but we won't touch on that today. But I want the listeners to recall that Babylon was a pagan nation. It worshipped a a, a, uh, trinity, Nimrod, Semiramis, his wife, and Tammuz, the virgin-born son, okay? And this is the religion that crept in and corrupted the true worship of God the Creator. And this paganism uh, finally had its grip on Judah. And the house of Judah was taken into Babylonian captivity, just as were the Israelites or the northern tribes taken into Assyrian captivity years before. And uh, they had corrupted the pristine worship of God. And God literally said through his actions, if you wish to worship like the heathen, then you become slaves in the heathen. And uh, he evicted them, used the king of Babylon to take them out of their land. Now, Isaiah is the prophet, a prophet of the Lord. And I want the listeners, those of you who are familiar with my ministry and what I talk about, particularly uh, debunking futurism, I want you all to re- remember that... Uh, The word Babylon is used synonymously to refer to the ancient kingdom of Babylon that took the Jews as slaves for 70 years, according to the prophecies of Jeremiah. And Rome is also regarded as Babylon, because it is Babylon the Great 
the Babylonian Empire went through four changes. The Babylonian Empire fell and was continued by the Medo-Persian Empire, and then the Grecian Empire, and the fourth and final beast, according to the prophet Daniel, the fourth and final Gentile nation on the earth that would rule the earth until Christ returns is the Roman Empire. And God refers to it as Babylon the Great. So Babylon is the, is, is the uh, code word, if you will, that designates this Antichrist Roman power. Now begin reading in Isaiah chapter 14, verse 1. It says, For the Lord will have mercy on Jacob, and will yet choose Israel, and set them in their own land, and the strangers shall be joined with them, and they shall cleave to the house of Jacob. And the people shall take them and bring them to their place, and the house of Israel shall possess them in the land of the Lord for the servants and handmaids, for, for servants and handmaids. And they shall take them captives, whose captives they were, and they shall rule over their oppressors. And it shall come to pass in the day that the Lord shall give thee rest from thy sorrow and from thy fear and from the hard bondage wherein thou wast made to serve, that thou shalt take up this proverb against the king of Babylon and say, How hath the oppressor ceased? The golden city ceased. The Lord hath broken the staff of the wicked and the scepter of the rulers. He who smote the people in wrath with a continual stroke, he that ruled the nations in anger, is persecuted and none hindereth. The whole earth is at rest and is quiet. They break forth into singing. Yea, the fir trees rejoice at thee. And the cedars of Lebanon, saying, Since thou art laid down, no feller is come against us. Okay? The cedars are the people. And since this oppressor, this Babylonian oppressor, that I maintain to you is the Pope of Rome, shall be put down, and the people shall say in union, since thou art laid down, since you are put away, no feller is come against us. Okay, this is a global oppressor. He is likened unto the wicked king of Babylon that took the Jews into captive, into captivity, and ruled over them, and persecuted them and made them bow down and worship his image, his golden image. But this is talking about someone else. He says, Hell from beneath is moved for thee, to meet thee at thy coming. It stirreth up the dead for thee, even all the chief ones of the earth. What does our Bible say? about that city, that great city which reigneth over the kings of the earth. He reigns over the chief of the earth. 
this is that great city which reigneth over the kings of the earth that is being spoken of right here in Isaiah. He says, Hell from beneath is moved for thee to meet thee at thy coming. In other words, this is the judgment of the great whore, the judgment of the Roman Catholic Church, the judgment of the papacy that is, has oppressed like a tyrant and enslaved like the Pharaoh and the king of Babylon. Hell from beneath is moved to meet thee at thy coming. This is the son of perdition finally achieving his destiny, perdition. Do you realize the flames of hell are going to leap to receive him? That's our hope and our promise. Not until God, Jesus returns will this take place. Only then will be will we be liberated from this oppressor in Rome. Hell from beneath is moved for thee to meet thee at thy coming. It stirreth up the dead for thee, even all the chief ones of the earth. It hath raised up it hath it hath raised up from their thrones all the kings of the nations. Who does the judgment await? the kings of the earth, and that one in the great city that rules over them, the papacy. And it says in verse 10, All they shall speak and say unto thee, Art thou also become weak as we? Art thou become like unto us? Speaking of the pope speaking of the papacy, and all the kings of the earth that now reign over us like tyrants, that work us to death, that tax us beyond our ability to to provide for ourselves, and make us worship images and idols, and prevent us from worshiping the God our Creator, and cause us to sin against Him, that's who we're talking about, the kings of the earth and the one who rules over them. It says, all they shall speak and say unto thee, art thou also become as weak as we? Art thou become like unto us? God's going to turn the table. God is going to make them as weak as we. That's the righteous judgment of the God of heaven against the Antichrist, his counterfeit, the Roman papacy. They'll be singing in every house. They'll be rejoicing in every house. The Roman chains of iron will be stripped from our backs. The righteous king will replace him. We'll have peace and plenty. No more war. It's wonderful. Verse 11 says, Thy pomp, now anybody who's ever seen the Pope and all the pomp of the Roman Catholic Church can attest to this, feel it in the marrow of your bones. 
Thy pomp is brought down to the grave, and the noise of thy vials, the worm is spread under thee, and the worms cover thee. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? Now let me explain. You know, you hear many Bible believers contend with one another. Who is the the Antichrist, and who is the false prophet? For years, I've been trying to open the, the eyes of God's people that the Antichrist is the one who claims to be the replacement of Christ. That the prefix anti literally means replacement of. That's a, that's a dictionary definition. Anybody can look it up in any dictionary. You'll get the same definition. The prefix anti, A-N-T-I, as in Antichrist, simply means the replacement of. So, the, so Antichrist literally means the replacement of Christ. Likewise, the papacy has gone by the title and has used this title to describe himself Vicar of Christ. Vicar of Christ. V-I-C-A-R. Vicar of Christ. And you can go to that same dictionary that you looked up the prefix anti, A-N-T-I, and look up the word vicar, V-I-C-A-R, and it will tell you replacement of. So literally, the title, the most used title of the Pope, Vicar of Christ, literally means antichrist. This is not a play on words. This is no trick. It's just that simple. It's inarguable. The papacy is the antichrist of the Bible. So, Tom, if the papacy is the antichrist, who is the, who is the false prophet? Well, it's one who prophesies, but their prophecy does not come to pass. That is a false prophet. And we're not talking about just any false prophet. You know, I can predict that tomorrow the sun's going to shine. And if it doesn't shine, well, technically I'm a false prophet. But I'm not the false prophet. We're going to talk about the false prophet right here. Verse 12 of Isaiah chapter 14. The one who empowers this antichrist that rules from the Vatican who has tyrannized and enslaved and tortured with hard bondage, with inquisitions, with crusades to the tune of hundreds of millions of people over the last 2,000 years, the oldest institution on the earth, the Roman Catholic Church and the papacy. This is the fulfillment of Bible prophecy. And who is it that empowers this papacy, this man of sin, this son of perdition, the biblical, historical, and prophetic antichrist of the Bible? is none other than Lucifer himself. You see, Lucifer is a spirit. Satan is a spirit. And he must work through other people to accomplish his will, to fulfill his prophecies. Just as 
the body of Christ gives life and substance to Christ, and that it is Christ who operates through the saints to manifest himself in the world, since he too is a spirit, Satan has his counterfeit. Satan operates through a human agency, and it is the papacy. So we'll see now Satan's false prophecy. In verse four, in verse 12 of Isaiah chapter 14, it says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? Okay? I saw like lightning, Satan descending upon the earth, right? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? Who are the nations? The Gentile nations, the principle of which are the Gentile kingdoms, Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, and finally Rome. And Rome will rule until Christ returns. We know this from Daniel's prophecy in chapter 2. And it will weaken the nations. Why? Because it is the iron nation. Remember, there was the gold, the silver, the bronze, and then the, the iron legs and the toes of, of iron and miry clay. This is the fourth and final beast on the earth. It's two legs of iron, and it crushes and stamps out God's people. That's the clay between the toes. The clay. And isn't it interesting that when we read in, Jer- in, in, in the book of Genesis, we find that the Creator created man from the dust of the ground? Clay. We also find the Creator who came upon the blind man in Jerusalem, the blind man who could not see. And the Creator simply reached down, picked up some dirt, some clay, and mixed his own spit in it and stirred it in the palm of his hand with the very substance with which he made man in the garden, he took that spittle, a mixture of clay and, and, and God's own spit, and he placed it and anointed the eyes of the blind man. You ever see, you ever see a potter fix a pot that is chipped? They take clay, they mix it with water, they stir it. They make a little... Uh, uh, repair material and they paste it over the crack or over the chip and refire it and the pot is whole. That's exactly what Jesus did to the blind man. He is the potter. We are the clay. Jesus heals and repairs the pot the clay, but the Roman beast tramples and breaks in pieces and treads the the holy people, and the clay oozes up between his toes because they have to yield to his tyranny. 
This is fulfillment of Bible prophecy, the tyranny that you and I live under. We are that clay that he stamps with his feet, this fourth and final iron Roman beast, the papacy. And Satan is the false prophet that rules him and controls everything he does, controls his destiny. You can look at the papacy and say to yourself, this is the human agency through which Satan, who calls himself Lucifer, destroys God's people, tries to stamp the, the gospel into the ground so that no one can read it, no one can be saved. This is the papacy. And the man behind the papacy is Satan himself. This title that the Pope uses for himself, Vicar of Christ, is a lie. It's a name that he gave himself. The Holy Father in heaven did not give him this name. It's a name that he arrogated to himself, when in fact he is not the Vicar of Christ. He is the Vicar of Satan. That's why the prophets called him the Man of Sin the son of perdition, the Antichrist, the little horn, the mouth that roared, the little little horn with the eyes like the eyes of a man and the mouth speaking great words of blasphemy. Make no mistake about it, the papacy is not Christ's vicar. He is Satan's vicar. Now he says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? How do you weaken the nations? How do you weaken the Gentile nations? When God sent forth his apostles and his disciples and the first century believers to spread the gospel all over the Gentile nations, would that not be to strengthen the nations? So to weaken the nations would be to destroy that gospel, wouldn't it? And who do we know in the records of history who has done so much to weaken the nations by destroying the gospel of Jesus Christ, by by replacing the Bible with tradition and man-made traditions, who has sought to change God's times and his laws, who has trampled all over the gospel and has destroyed the Bibles and has burnt Bible believers and who takes upon himself the title Vicar of Christ. Who is it that weakened the nations who stamped down the gospel? It's none other than the papacy. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, here is the false prophecy, thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. 
I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. The five I wills of Satan. False prophecy. And yet, Satan... Still there? Looks like Tom dropped off a little bit there. Hopefully he comes back. I just wanted to ask a question. Uh, Let's see, Tom, you dropped yeah. off. Uh, you dropped off. Well, maybe we can discuss the questions I want to have until Tom comes back. Well, I don't know. Good. He was he was just reading about the five eyes, you know. Right. Aren't this isn't this the reason for the pentagram having five points? It's a five-pointed star. Um, I've heard that. Yeah, me too. And when you think about it, it makes sense, doesn't it? Because it is the sign of Satan. It's a satanic star. It has Baphomet in it. It has the goat in it. Okay, am, am I back? You're back now, Tom. Yes. <laughs> we, can, we can hear you, yeah. Okay. I was I was just asking a question. I don't know if you if you heard it. Maybe maybe we, you can alliterate on that. No, I didn't hear the question. I just got reconnected. Yeah. Okay. Because uh, you were just reading the five eyes. You know, I will. Yes. And, and so on. And I asked the question to Michael, isn't that the reason that this pentagram has five points? Exactly. The five star? Exactly. Oh, okay, then I was right. So maybe you could go a little bit into that. That would be interesting for our listeners, I guess. Well, certainly. Uh, the five-pointed star, generally called the pentagram and associated with Satan and Lucifer, is indeed the geometric shape that indicates all five of these false prophecies. It's, it's an esoteric sign and representation of Lucifer and his false prophecies. They know who they serve. And uh, uh, this may sound over the top for some people who have not researched it themselves and the, the esoteric uh, organizations in the world, like Freemasonry, all the cult religions, the Church of Satan, they all venerate this five-pointed star. And uh, there's a very, very good reason for it, and that is it. It's all in reference to Lucifer and this false prophecy. And if I may ask, um, this pentagram star is sometimes with uh, the top up and sometimes point down. Where's the difference in that? Because as much as I heard, the star is always evil. It doesn't matter whether it points up or down, but maybe you could uh, a little bit explain that. Well, it's, it's, it's like the difference between white magic and black magic. Well, there's it's no all... difference between that. Pardon? There's no difference between that when you believe Alistair Crowley, who wrote about that and said white magic and black magic is all magic. It's... Yeah. 
there's there's no real difference, but the white magicians like to tell you that there is a difference, which yeah. actually there is not. And uh, in the Bible, it is absolutely clear that sorcery of any kind is of the devil. Yes, Lucifer uses every kind of way to deceive mankind. In, the, in these cultic religions, uh, in these cultic religions, Lucifer is is, is uh, represented as a duality, male and female, dark and light, and uh, so the upright five-pointed star and the inverted five-pointed star are no difference, no real difference. So the point up means the male and the uh, uh, reverse, the, the, the upside-down five-pointed star means the female, probably? Yes, there's all kinds of esoteric meanings to these things that really okay. would... Yeah. Also because Baphomet, which is associated with the satanic star, is an androgynous god, hermaphrodite, as yeah. male and female sexual organs. Right. I mean, it's just maybe interesting to go a little bit into that for people who have not the understanding like, like you have of this, so explain it a little bit. Well, I don't know. I, I, I'm not an expert on occult uh, religions. I only know that it's commonly acknowledged among Luciferians and Satan worshippers that the five-pointed star is a representation of Lucifer himself and his five prophecies that are recorded right here in God's book. Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12 is the beginning of it. And uh, you'll find this star uh, venerated in all the occult religions of the world. And uh, you see it far too much in Christianity, too. And the reason it is found in Christianity is because it was brought to us by the Roman Catholic Church. The synagogue of Satan, the vicar of Satan, presides over that church. And it, the papacy is the human agency through which Lucifer seeks to fulfill this prophecy. Now listen to the prophecy again, only this time think about the papacy when I'm reading it, and you'll see that the papacy truly is indeed the vicar of Satan. Satan said in his heart, I will ascend into heaven. Does not the papacy claim by his triple tiara, his triple crowned beehive-looking hat that they that they use when they cor, uh, when they coronate uh, a pope. The three crowns represent the pope's authority over heaven, his authority over earth, and his authority over hell. The triple crown they call it the tiara. And that is the visible symbol of the papacy. You'll see it on the papal flag, the big beehive-looking hat uh, with three crowns, one at the top, one in the middle, and one down on the brow of this beehive-looking hat called the triple crown, the tiara, and the crossed keys beneath, the golden key representing the pope's spiritual power and authority, and the silver key representing his temporal or civil his power. power. Pardon? Civil power. Yes, his civil power, his temporal power. 
And those two keys are laying upon one another, and then they're lashed together with either a scarlet or a golden cord. They cannot be separated, according to Roman Catholic canon law. If you accept the Pope's spiritual power, then you must accept his civil power. At that point, he becomes king of kings and lord of lords. His lord of lords status is represented by the golden key. That's his spiritual power over all mankind. And this silver key represents his power as Caesar, king of kings. And the whole thing is fashioned in the shape of a skull and bones. The same insignia used by the Jesuit order. The same insignia used by the skull and bones order that that George W. Bush and and John F. Kerry uh, were members of. They are satanic, Luciferian. They serve the Pope, and they intend to rule this world, and they do already. And their ultimate authority is the papacy. The man of sin, the little horn, the son of perdition, the vicar of Satan, the Antichrist of the Bible. It's a church and it's a state. There's your golden key and your silver key. It's a church and a state, a perfect union of church and state, where the Pope is the civil and spiritual leader of this global kingdom. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And the kings of the earth bow down and worship him. They kiss his feet. They kiss his ring. And if they do the pope's bidding, they survive to rule. If they, if they defy the papacy, then the papacy will launch a crusade against him to overthrow him and then seat a king that will be obedient to the pope. I've just described all of history the Dark Ages, and it's the same way today. John F. Kennedy was assassinated because he rebelled against the papacy. Okay, Prior to his election, he went about the country attesting that he would not succumb to the fears of the Protestants and would not allow the papacy to rule his White House. You see, back in those days, there was still a little Protestantism left in this country. There were still some Protestants that understood the true role of the papacy in the world. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And although they liked John F. Kennedy, they wanted John F. Kennedy to swear that he would never allow the quote-unquote king of kings and lord of lords, the antichrist of the Bible, to rule over his government. And John F. Kennedy made that promise to Protestants. And he kept that promise. And that's why he was assassinated. So... How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, now think of the papacy when I read this. This is the human agency through which Satan rules the world. 
The papacy says in his heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. You've ever heard of the throne of St. Peter? Ex-cathedra? The throne from the throne? That's what it means, ex-cathedra. When the Pope speaks ex-cathedra, it is as if God himself spoke. When the Pope speaks from his throne, all the world responds in unison. The kings of the earth especially. All right. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. In other words, he will sit as God on the earth over the congregation of the world. And the sides of the north literally means the strength of God's throne. Okay? Now, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. And we know that the papacy is the agency, the human agency through which this prophecy is fulfilled because he calls himself Holy Father, Holy Father, which is used one time by Jesus Christ in all the Bible to describe his Father in heaven. The papacy calls himself Holy Father, and all the kings of the earth respond by saying Holy Father when they see him, when they address him. Your eminence, deified titles, they all acknowledge that he is the replacement of Christ on the earth. I'm going to ask the listeners, who replaced Christ when he went when he went to heaven to be on his throne with his father? Who was it that replaced Jesus Christ after he ascended to the Father? Was it not the Holy Spirit given on Pentecost 50 days later? The Holy Spirit is the vicar of Christ. Yes, there is a replacement of Christ on the earth. And it's divine, just like he. And it was evident. Can I ask something? Yes. So that when the Pope says that he is the vicar of Christ, and that is actually the Holy Ghost, that is blaspheming the Holy Ghost, and that is a sin that is not forgiven, not in this world and not in the next. Very well said. of, Of all the things of all the characteristics of Antichrist, of all those characteristics that mark him as the man of sin, the little horn, the son of perdition, it is the blasphemous fact that he calls himself the replacement of the Son of God, that office that belongs to the Holy Spirit alone. And by that alone, he has marked himself as the one who will never be forgiven. There's no repentance in him. There's no reform to come to him. He will do his bidding for Satan until Christ returns and destroys him with the brightness of his coming. These five I wills are the identifying mark of all organizations 
that regard Lucifer as their king, the five-pointed star. Now, what I would like to point out, again, this prophecy continues at this point the way it began. We just saw in Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12 through 14, the five I wills of Satan. This is what Lucifer said in his heart. This is what got Lucifer cast out of heaven and got his name changed from Lucifer, the light bearer, to Satan, the dragon. He rebelled in heaven. He said he would ascend into heaven, would exalt his throne above the stars of God, would sit upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north, would ascend above the heights of the clouds, would be like the Most High, and yet God cast him down to the ground like lightning, and a third of the angels were with him. Uh, Yes. Um, When you look at uh, China, for example, which uh, is often resembled as a dragon, like Russia is a bear and the United States is an eagle, and the dragon spits fire from his mouth, isn't that a reference of Lucifer, the light bearer, fallen into the dragon? I think that's self-evident, and so is the red star of the Chinese Empire. The red star represents China. Does it not? Yeah, I, I think so. That's why I asked the question. You know, I ask this because I do not know. I think I have an edge, but I don't know. That's why, that's why yeah. I ask it. <laughs> you make a fantastic point, and, and it's all self-evident. I don't think anybody needs confirmation from me. I think it's self-evident. I think it's put in this world so that those who are faithful to Christ, who read and understand the prophecies, who read and understand the teachings of the Holy Spirit in the Bible, should look at the world and see all these things self-evident. Satan is not ashamed of his role in the world, and neither are the kings of the earth. They display his imagery and his idolatry even in their flags. And United States, no less than China. That's why Washington, D.C., if you look at the imagery and idolatry in in Washington, D.C., you see nothing holy. You see nothing but Luciferian occultism. None of that is designed to represent the God of creation. The God of creation is not worshipped through imagery and idolatry. He condemns it. So wherever you see these images and idols, they're all representative of Lucifer and his vicar, the papacy. So uh, now Satan seeks to be like God on the earth. He seeks to make this world his kingdom. The Bible refers to him, calls him the God of this world. He's not the God of heaven. He was cast out of heaven. 
and he is the God of this world. And his name is no more Lucifer. It is Satan. Listen, if, if, if Lucifer rebelled, and as part of his punishment, besides being cast down to the ground and condemned to eternal perdition, condemned to weaken the nations and to make the world to rebel against God, if God condemned him to that end, and he changed his name from Lucifer, the light bearer, to Satan, the dragon. Is it not rebellion against the holy God of heaven to refer to Satan as Lucifer? God changed his name. And I believe it's rebellion for anyone to refer to him not as Satan, but Lucifer. In other words, saying God has no authority to either cast him out of heaven or to change his name or to condemn him to eternal perdition. To refer to Satan as Lucifer is rebellion. And who is it that refers to Satan the dragon as Lucifer? Well, you made the same point when we did this broadcast on externalization of the hierarchy and Lucis or Lucifer's trust. You said exactly the same thing, that the Luciferians, like the Masons of Freemasonry, who, according to Albert Pike in his book Morals and Dogma, have a Luciferian doctrine, are in rebellion against God because they do not call him Satan, but they still call him Lucifer. That's right. They are in like rebellion against God, as is Satan himself. They do not acknowledge the God of the Bible's authority, either to cast Satan out of heaven or to change his name. And they do not agree that he will suffer eternal pains in, in chains and bondage in the lake of fire, along with all those who serve him. It's, it's self-evident. They identify themselves. They're hidden in plain sight. It's time for us to be able to recognize who they are and who they stand for and whose they are. Okay. Now, Satan has concluded his false prophecy that he seeks to achieve fulfillment through the Pope, through the papacy. He's done a marvelous job. One could say, at least from a human point of view, with regards to the earth, that he has fulfilled this prophecy or is about to wrap it up. Look, in the old world order, the Pope ruled supreme over the kings of the earth. He tyrannized the people. He burnt the Bible. He silenced the gospel, and he silenced those who spread the gospel by every cruel means. We can all recall when Pharaoh commanded the firstborn of the Jews to be slaughtered. What a hideous crime that the Jews had to surrender their firstborn sons to be killed to, by Pharaoh. Here we have the papacy. 
that modern-day Pharaoh, that modern-day Nebuchadnezzar, this Babylonian priest king, makes his mark in the world by killing God's people. And also killing the firstborn, I think. When you think of the abortion agenda, because as you stated in another broadcast, um, when the, the anti-conception pill is taken, that doesn't stop the conception. Yes. Only the hatching of the fetus in the womb. So uh, taking these contraceptives means actually um, that every firstborn, when you, when you think of it almost, I think every woman today is taking the anti-contraception pill or something like that, is killing her firstborn. Yes. Now, for those, for those who are not exactly sure what we're talking about, in reading the book The Vatican Billions by Avril Manhattan, it was revealed by Avril Manhattan in that book, and we all know that the Vatican stands publicly and condemns any form of conception. I maintain that the papacy only condemns conception for Roman Catholics, but wants to make wants to make uh, birth control free to Protestants. Okay, it's a matter of a war of demographics with the papacy to destroy Protestantism through demographics. So in the Roman Catholic churches, the preachers teach you shall not use any means of of birth control. Can't use condoms, and you especially cannot use birth control pills. While as the opposite is true for Protestants, birth control is is uh, is uh, uh, promoted, and it's tur- it turns out Admiral Manhattan, through his research, determined that a French company uh, that first produced the, the successful birth control pill was financed. All of its blue-chip stock was owned by the papacy, was owned by the Roman Catholic Church. And it became public. It was published in the papers. And the Vatican had to repudiate it and had to apologize to the world. Well, you and I know just as well as uh, anyone should that the Vatican was simply de- denying any form of birth control to Roman Catholics through the pulpits of their churches, and at the same time financing the development, the research and development that finally wound up becoming the birth control bill that would be made available worldwide to non-Roman Catholics. It was a war of demographics. It was, fi- it was financed by the Vatican, and they got caught red-handed. It was published in the papers. This is not innuendo. This is not propaganda. It was published in the papers. It was a shock and horror to Roman Catholics around the world that it was the Vatican who financed the development of the birth control pill. And then it's later discovered that the birth control pill does not prevent conception. Conception takes place as normal. The sperm and the egg unite. The cells divide. It travels down the the uh, fallopian tube and into the womb, and it continues to multiply. The only thing that prevents the birth is that the developing baby cannot attach to the uh, to the uh, to the wall of the uterus. It simply dies of starvation. 
and then it's passed passed out of the body through the menstrual flow. So the birth control pill does not, never has, and never will prevent conception. If you are a Protestant and you believe that life begins at conception, which I do, if you take the birth control pill designed, developed, financed, by and made available to the world by the papacy, then you kill all your firstborn. Just like Pharaoh. He just has better technology. Okay. This one, this beast, this blasphemous antichrist, this vicar of Satan, the human agency through which Satan attempts to fulfill his five points is the biblical, historical, and prophetic Antichrist of the Bible, and he will see the wrath of hell. The flames of hell will leap to receive him on the day of judgment, on the day of Christ's return. Now, he has just finished his five points, this false prophecy, and we know it's false from immediately what God says in verse 15. Can you interrupt here for a second? Yes. You said this five points, and I read somewhere that this is the reason why in all Hollywood movies, when they give a telephone number, it starts with five, five, five. Yes, that's what I've heard as well. And, uh, uh, and Hollywood is, of course, the city of druids. Right. Of the sorceries of old. Holy wood. Yes. Uh, Having a, having a reference to the, uh, how do you say that, uh, the sorcerer's stick, what is the wand. Yes. The wand. And that's why the, the, all the Hollywood movie films, start, uh, telephone number starts with 555. Well, and also, holly, the wood of the holly bush, is poisonous. So or it's, uh, it's uh, berries. Hollywood is poison. Now, I, you know... We could get into a complete discussion about about the esoteric teachings of of Satan, but I'm afraid it might it might detract from what God is trying to tell us here. At, it's a good point, though. Hollywood likes to display its support and defense of Satan himself. Hollywood is the source of corruption in this country, and it will be cast into the fire just as will Las Vegas and New Orleans. This country is going to be destroyed. Daniel's prophecy in chapter 2 shows all the governments of all the, all the men's governments from the king of Babylon, uh, the king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, all the way through this fourth and final empire, this Roman empire that we're discussing they will all be ground to powder and blow away with the wind. If you venerate any government of the world, including the United States of America, you're in rebellion against God because God says he's going to destroy them all. Grind them to powder, and they're going to blow away with the wind as though they never existed. The kingdom of Christ is going to replace all human governments. There's never been a human government in all world history that has ever brought in Christ's righteousness, has never brought in peace and plenty 
Only Christ's heavenly kingdom will accomplish that. <clears throat> and all man's efforts to govern himself will be completely destroyed. This false government that we live under, this antichrist government that we live under that tyrannizes us, taxes us to oblivion, causes us to offend our own God, is going to be destroyed. And then Christ will rule and reign in peace. And the earth will be restored to her bounty and fruitfulness. The sowers will overtake the reapers, or vice versa. The reapers will overtake the sowers. The world will produce its bounty again. The man will build a house, and no man, no other man will live in it. Okay? That's not the way it is now. Okay? You build a house in this country, the government owns it. You spend your whole life paying for a house, building a house, the government owns it. And if you think he doesn't, you just try not paying his taxes. He'll take it from you, lock, stock, and barrel. You own nothing. The government owns everything. To travel, to move from one place to another, to have a baby, you have to contract with the government. Birth certificates are the government's talons sunk deep into the flesh of your offspring. Okay, The birth certificate marks a baby as the property of the king. And who is the king of kings? The papacy. Right? I mean, there's really no end to stop this discussion. We'd have to talk about every aspect of our human existence. That's how complete the God of this world controls us and enslaves us and owns us and causes us to sin against our own Messiah. All right. Now, we finally fi finished these five points, these five false prophecies of Satan. We, because God is... To the sides of the pit. Now that word yet might also be translated, even so, thou shalt be brought to the sides of the pit. If son of the morning, which which weakens the nations, if so. You ascend heaven, exalt your throne above the stars of God. If you sit upon the mount of the congregations in the sight, even if you ascend above the heights of the clouds and become like the Most High, even so thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. So, if Satan says he's going to ascend above the heights of the clouds, He's going to exalt his throne above the stars of God. If he's going to sit upon the mount of the congregations, if he's going to be like the Most High, after that, he will be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. That makes him a false prophet, doesn't it? Tom, you say the, the papacy is the Antichrist, then... Who is the false prophet? 
Satan himself. The Antichrist is simply the human agency through which Satan, the false prophet, assumes to fulfill his prophecy. And even if he does, God says, yet, even so, thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. That's the son of perdition. That's where the Pope's going, the Antichrist and his false prophet, the one who indwells him, Satan himself. They will be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. And you know what? In verse 16 says, And they that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee and consider thee, saying, Is this the man that made the earth to tremble, that did shake kingdoms? He's speaking about the papacy now. And those who are in the pit with him, as though they're peering, <clears throat> as though they're peering through the mist to identify this man of sin. Have you ever looked through the fog to try to identify a figure that you see in the fog? Don't you squint? Don't you look narrowly upon him? Is this the man? Is this the Pope? You see what I'm saying? How descriptive are the words in this prophecy? He says, They that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee. In other words, squint as though they're looking through a fog to identify a figure in the dark. They shall narrowly look upon thee and consider thee. In other words, examine him, saying, Is this the man that made the earth to tremble, that did shake kingdoms? We're talking about a man who made the earth to tremble. It's the papacy. He shook kingdoms. Have you ever heard of papal thunder? When a king of the earth rebelled against the papacy and would not pay his stipend to the church, pay all the taxes to the church, pay a tenth of the sheep and the cattle and the, and the land and the grain to the papacy, to the Roman Catholic Church, the Pope would issue a bull, thundering excommunication against that king and raising up a crusade to overthrow him. Does it make more sense now? Is this the man that made the earth to tremble, that did shake kingdoms, that made the world as a wilderness? How do you make the world a wilderness? Cutting down all the trees? That's what the tree huggers would tell you. You know how to make the world a wilderness? Take away the gospel. Take away the truth. The cedars of Lebanon wilt in the absence of the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
That's how you make the world a wilderness. You burn Bibles. You corrupt Bibles. You burn Bible believers. You corrupt Bible believers with false Bibles. You strip the world of any knowledge of Christ and his teachings. You confuse the language of the Scripture so that the Scripture cannot interpret itself, and you must rely then upon a priest to tell you what the Bible says. That's how you make the world a wilderness. It made the world as a wilderness and destroyed the cities thereof. If When God rewinds the tape, we'll see every city that was burnt by the crusaders, by the Pope's crusaders. Every city that was reduced to rubble, even by the militaries of the world, and no one more so than the United States of America, the warmonger for the Pope, the warmonger for the man of sin. That's how Satan, the Pope, Satan and his vicar, the Pope, hope to reestablish the old world order in our day by destroying the cities of the world, making fire rain down from heaven. Can you see it with your own eyes? All you have to do is watch the television and see these Bible prophecies fulfilled. This is this the man that made the earth to tremble, that shook kingdoms and made the world a wilderness, destroying the Bible and the gospel and destroying the cities thereof? And here's the last one. And open not the house of his prisoners. Now he's describing the inquisitions. How anyone could accuse anyone else of of, of heresy, and the holy Roman inquisitors would come and take that man or his children and his wife out of their beds at night, take them to prison, find them guilty, would deny them any legal representation, would deny them any favorable witnesses, simply say you confess of your heresy and die. Once you went into the prisons of the Inquisitions, you were never left out unless you repudiated your Christ, unless you repudiated the gospel. And they wouldn't repudiate Jesus. They wouldn't deny Jesus. They wouldn't deny his gospel. And so they were never released. There is uh, one little point I want to make here. When you read the book Romanism and the Reformation, there was a part in it, I think, that is taken from Fox's Book of Martyrs, that there was a witness who escaped the dungeons of the Inquisition. Right? You remember that, Tom? Yes, he escaped. Yes, he escaped. Yeah, never was released, but escaped, yeah. Okay. It's a little different, yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, there, one might find a few instances in the history of the Inquisition where even their tortures uh, convicted their consciences to the point where they discontinued. I mean, you can, you can search and maybe find an instance or two, but we're talking, generally speaking, once you went into the Inquisition, you were never released. 
unless you escaped or somebody broke you out of the Inquisition. Once you went in, you never came out. You were given the charges against you, and you simply had to confess. And, of course, if you didn't confess, you were killed. Yeah, I didn't say that to deny what you said. I just wanted yeah. to make this point because it was written in the book Romanism and the Reformation, the wonderful reading you did on Inquisition Update, and uh, you're doing right now on the uh, talk show on Walt's side. When you read that book, that there was an example of somebody who got out of there. I didn't know if he escaped or was set free or anyway. He was tortured anyway, like, like so many. And you know, when you have one, two, three, or five cases upon the million that have been passed through the dark ages, um, that's less than a drop in a bucket of water. So that doesn't, even, that doesn't even matter that much. You made your point about that. But I just wanted to say, for our listeners' sake, if, uh, if they say, I cannot believe that, well, they should maybe go read the book Romanism and the Reformation or read the book Fox's Book of Martyrs which uh, gives uh, reference to the things that you just said here. And uh, they can look that up, and there are sources to look that up. It's not just you reading this Isaiah chapter 14 and telling all these things that uh, you just suck the wisdom out of your thumb. It is all recorded. It is all documented, and people can look that up. And I just wanted to intervene here. And people say, okay, Tom can say a lot on this broadcast. Where can I look that up? So here and there, try to give a little hint that people can always do their own research on this because everything that you say is absolutely valid here. And it also can be proven. And it is documented that it can be proven. You know, the listeners that we have are not always uh, that um, uh, easy to convince <laughs> that the name of the show is actually the model of the show, nothing but the truth. There's nothing told here but the truth, but people have to find that out for themselves sometimes. And uh, I just wanted to give them a direction where they could look at it and uh, confirm that everything you say here is, uh, is, uh, is absolutely true. That's the only reason why I intervened here, Tom. I didn't want to bring you off the train or whatever, but I thought it was interesting for our listeners to, to, to listen to. Yes, you make uh, perfect reference to uh, Fox's Book of Martyrs. That used to be required reading among Christians, and it's fallen into complete disuse. Most people don't even recognize the name of the title anymore. Fox's Book of Martyrs. It shows you how the Inquisition operated and how it tortured people and how it never exonerated anybody. It only condemned. And how the Roman Catholic Inquisitors, the priests of Rome, after having tortured and tried to get these confessions out of these prisoners, uh, simply handed them over to the civil power to be destroyed. If they didn't die under the torture by the priests, they were they were burned at the stake by the by the government of the nations. Now I could name you several examples. <clears throat> I don't think we have time to do it all, and I'm not sure my uh, my memory is so accurate that I can remember dates and names. But there were times, uh, especially during the the leading up to the Protestant Reformation, where the kings of the earth began to rebel against the papacy. The world began to realize that this papacy was the Antichrist of the Bible that was persecuting God's people. <clears throat> and some of the kings of the earth rebelled against the papacy and overthrew these inquisitorial courts and overthrew these priests and broke down their prisons and let the prisoners out. And I can think of one example in France 
where after these poor, emaciated, tortured, and tormented people were let out of their subterranean cells and brought into the light of day, and, and when they came out, it was like the sun, which they had never, which they hadn't seen for decades, literally scorched their eyes. They'd lived in complete darkness for years and years and years in these inquisitorial prisons. And the, the, the general of the army came and liberated these people out of their prisons, brought them out into the light of day, and then blew up this subterranean prison. But it wasn't the Pope that let them out. It wasn't the Antichrist that blew up the prison. It was the civil government that rebelled against the papacy that liberated the people and opened the house of his prisoners. But the papacy, true to the prophecy given by us, uh, given to us by Isaiah, describes this fourth and final beast that he would not open the house of his prisoners. It can be none other than the papacy. Now, in verse 18, it says, all the kings of the nation, even all of them. Does that make an, excuse, an, an exclusion of the United States of America? It says, all the kings of the nations, even all of them, lie in glory, everyone in his own house. But thou art cast out of thy grave like an abominable branch, and as the raiment of those that are slain, thrust through with the sword, that go down to the stones of the pit as a carcass trodden under feet. That's the judgment of the great whore. That's the judgment of the Roman Catholic Church and the papacy. Thou art cast out of thy grave like an abominable branch. Do you know the papacy? took the saints of God, once they were dead and buried in the ground, he would literally, the papacy would literally dig him back up, put him on a, on a, on a, uh, a, a seat of witness, and then execute a trial against him, trial his, his dead bones, try his dead bones in a court of law, condemn him again, and then burn his bones, and then cast him in the river. Even the graves were not a safe place for the martyrs of Jesus. The papacy still had the option to dig up your bones, put you on trial, condemn you again, and then burn you at the stake. Repeated examples of this in the history of the papacy. Read Fox's Book of Martyrs. Just go to the Internet. Google the Inquisition. Read it all for yourself. But thou art cast out of thy grave like an abominable branch, and as the raiment of those that are slain. What do you do with burial rags? As the raiment of those that are slain, thrust through with a sword, that go down to the stones of a pit as a carcass trodden under feet. Thou shalt not be joined with them in burial, because thou hast destroyed thy land, 
and slain by people. The seed of evildoers shall never be renowned. In the new heaven and the new earth, these wicked people will never be renowned. When they are overthrown, you know, people, kings of the earth fawn at his feet now. They all go to Rome. They all get down on their knees wearing black. And if they bring their wives with them, they wear a black veil. And they all get down on their knees and kiss his feet and kiss his ring. Kowtow to him. Worship him. Flatter him. Pay homage to him. Call him Holy Father, the most blasphemous term to call any of any man. They all fall at his feet. But when he is overthrown, he will never again be renowned. Verse 21, prepare slaughter for his children, for the iniquity of their fathers. They that do not rise nor possess the land nor fill the face of the world with cities. What does it say in, 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 in Revelation chapter 18? Come out of her, my people. Be not partakers of her sins, or you will be receivers of her plagues. For her sins have reached unto heaven, and God hath remembered her iniquities. He hasn't forgiven her iniquities. He remembers her iniquities, the iniquities of the Roman Catholic Church and all of her children. Isaiah says in verse 21, prepare slaughter for his children, the Pope's children, for the iniquity of their fathers, their holy fathers, that they do not rise nor possess the land nor fill the face of the world with cities. No more will the Roman Catholics control the world. No more will they possess the land. No more will they fill the face of the whole earth with their cities. No more sacramentos. No more San Diego's. No more St. Louis's. No more Corpus Christi's. No more Los Angeles. No more District of Columbia. No more London. And no more Vatican. For I will rise up against them, saith the Lord of hosts, and cut off from Babylon the name and remnant and son and nephew, saith the Lord. They won't live. The judgment of the great whore and all of her harlot daughters. I will also make it a possession for the bittern and pools of water, and I will and I will sweep it with the besom of destruction, saith the Lord of hosts. The Lord of hope has sworn, saying, Surely as I have thought, surely as this has come to my mind, so shall it come to pass. And as I have purposed in my heart, so shall it stand. You think God means business about this man of sin, this vicar of Christ, who is no more than the vicar of Satan himself, 
who worships Lucifer and causes the whole world to sin against God, who tyrannizes the people, who slays the saints and burns them at the stake, even digging up their bones and burning them again. You think they'll live to torment the world again after this? The Lord of hosts has sworn, saying, Surely as I have thought, so shall it come to pass, and as I have purposed, so shall it stand, that I will break the Assyrian in my land, and upon my mountains tread him underfoot. Then shall his yoke depart from off of them, and his burden depart off their shoulders. This is the purpose that is purposed upon the whole earth, and this is the hand that is stretched out upon all the nations. Do you see any exception there for the United States of America? It serves the papacy just as surely as the kingdoms of the Roman Empire. Do you see any hope for America? The only nation in the world that has never condemned the papacy and has never condemned the Jesuit order and cast them off of their shores? The only nation in the planet where the papacy has had free reign, where the Jesuits have had free reign, where they can build universities across this nation, recruit and cultivate the the the, the uh, intellectual crop, the smartest, the brightest children of our society, and indoctrinate them with Roman Catholic doctrine, and then send them off to Washington, D.C. to tyrannize over us, both Republican and Democratic. This is the judgment that is coming upon them. This is the purpose that is purposed upon the whole earth. It isn't just the United States of America. That city, that great city, that Vatican City reigns over the kings of the whole earth. For the Lord of hosts has purposed, and who shall disannul it? And his hand is stretched out. And who shall turn it back? You know, the Bible, speaking of this woman that rides the scarlet-colored beast in Revelation chapter 17, this papacy that rides over the kings of the rides over the kings of the earth, it says of him or her, who is able to make war with her? Right here. It says, for the Lord of hosts hath purposed, and who shall disannul it? And his hand is stretched out, and who shall turn it back? There is not going to be a power on this earth, papal or otherwise, that is going to stop or even slow down the judgment that God has placed against her and the kings that worship her. He says, Rejoice not thou, O whole Palestina, because the rod of him that smote thee is broken. Okay? The rod that smote thee was the papacy. Rejoice not thou, O uh, rejoice not thou, 
whole Palestina, Palestine, because the rod of him that smote thee is broken. For out of the serpent's root, who is the serpent? Satan. Not Lucifer, Satan. For out of the serpent's root shall come forth a cockatrice, and his fruit shall be a fiery flying serpent. Don't think, you Muslims, because when the papacy is destroyed, things will go easy for you. Okay? The judgment will include you. No one is going to escape this judgment. The whole world has bowed its knee to Baal. And not only will the priest of Baal in Rome be destroyed, but all those who bowed down and worshipped his image. And it says, And the firstborn of the poor shall feed, and the needy shall lie down in safety, and I will kill thy root with famine and he shall slay thy raiment. Howl, O gate, cry, O city, thou whole Palestina art destroyed, for there shall come from the north, the true seat of the north, a smoke, and none shall be alone in his appointed times. What shall one then answer the messengers of the nation that the Lord hath founded Zion the Lord hath founded Zion, not the papacy, and the poor of his people shall trust in it. That's the judgment of the great hordes repeated in Revelation chapter 17. God will not be mocked. There's only one in this world that mocks God on a biblical scale, and that is the papacy. There's no other candidate. The papacy is the Antichrist, the little horn, the son of perdition, the Antichrist of the Bible. So said all of the Protestant reformers, and so said all the true believers before or the Protestant Reformation. It's only us in the end of the great falling away who are dubious about who the Antichrist is. But all we have to do is read Fox's Book of Martyrs. All we have to do is read the, read the writings of the Protestant Reformers and those that preceded them to know inarguably who the Antichrist is. It's the papacy, and now you know who the false prophet is, the one who empowers it, Satan himself. That's all I have here. Thanks. Well, thank you, Tom. It was uh, much better understood now as, as I've read it for myself some hours ago in preparation of this, and uh, I couldn't get that much out of it that you uh, did already right now. Very interesting. So maybe Michael has some things to, to add here? Oh, yeah. Well, uh, nothing. I do. Uh, <laughs> well, I can't. Uh, you know, Tom, you did a great job, and I appreciate that. But it's the irony of ironies is uh, Tom actually 
the person who kind of led me to look at this verse, or excuse me, the chapter, chapter 14 last weekend, and and as I was looking at verse 16 through about 21, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is talking about the papacy. And then Tom was, yes. And <laughs> I said a few more things. I said, well, Tom, you, let's talk about it, you know. Um, so I'm glad that Tom was willing to do that because I think uh, as I go on in my studies of the Bible and of history, it's overwhelming. Even in the Old Testament, it's talking about this antichrist system, which we denote is the papacy, and <laughs> it's just it's Bible. The Word of God keeps warning us over and over and over again who is the antichrist, who is the false prophet, and uh, how we are really supposed to come out of her and her daughter churches. And uh, and uh, yeah, it was a very good teaching. So I hope that people, when they hear this, they realize the truth in it and the connection between Lucifer. Uh, Satan, who Satan really is, who's just Lucifer, the fallen, and that uh, he gives not only this, the whore, if you will, the you know the Roman Catholic Church's power, but uh, the world's, the world leaders get their power via through this papacy, and uh, really, Satan really does run the show as far as uh, on a temporal level, and. Um, God is allowing it, and uh, we need to really recognize this and come out. So it's been a very excellent lesson there. I don't know. I don't really have anything right to, to say except that I hope that people hear this and listen to it. So, um, yeah, it's it's overwhelming, folks. The more and more I study this, uh, the more and more I realize the papacy, without a shadow of a doubt. I mean, the, the evidence is a mile high and ten miles deep. And uh, the corpse of billions of people because of this institution, not not only God's people, uh, but <laughs> it doesn't really matter. They don't really care. Even Roman Catholics are not spared from this system. So, I don't know. That's all I have to say, gentlemen. But uh, thank you for the state. Does anybody have any closing remarks before we end the, the video or the recording? I'll just end by saying it, this is real easy. The kings of this world worship the God of this world. Yeah. They worship and obey the God of this world, the papacy, and Satan, the one who empowers him. And uh, we await another kingdom that comes down from God out of heaven. We have a king. We have a constitution called the Bible. We have been bought with a price by that king. We have an inheritance, and that comes from God out of heaven. It's not earthly. There's not, yes, the body of Christ, the kingdom of Christ dwells in this earth, but it's not of this earth. Those kingdoms that are of this earth and of the God of this world are all going to be destroyed. If the papacy stands before the Congress of the United States and says, we are building a global kingdom of God, you can turn off the channel. You see, Rome has been in the building of this false kingdom for 2,000 years. Their time's up. They've got us all enslaved. All they have to do now is proclaim it. It's all up and running. 
It's all self-sustaining, but it will be destroyed. And anyone who's in it, we have a king, we have a kingdom, we have a constitution, we have an inheritance, and we have the truth. Come out of her, my people, that you partake not of her sins and that you receive not of her plagues. For her sins have reached unto heaven, and God hath remembered her iniquities. Not a one of them has been forgiven. God has remembered her iniquities. Who would want to be a part of that? The kingdoms of this earth have now become the kingdom of our Savior. I'll see you next time. Thanks, Michael. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Yerk. And uh, <clears throat> okay, folks. Uh, for those who joined with joined us on the chat room, thank you for uh, being part of it. There was a couple questions that were asked, are not really pertaining to this particular topic, um, so I did not feel like it was necessary to address it. So, those who asked, uh, please don't take it personally. Anyways. Uh, been an excellent show and thank you gentlemen uh, once again for sharing your day and with that god bless folks and have a good day bye hey guys it is ryan i'm not sure if you know this about me but i'm a bit of a fun fanatic when i can i like to work but i like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there i can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.